Welcome back to First Year in Medical Device Sales. I am your host, Jacob McLaughlin, and I am so pumped to be coming to you guys today. It's been absolutely amazing to see the adoption already, to see how many listeners we've had uh, just come and transfer over and, and just find this podcast um, and just the messages I've already received to tell me how helpful this has been. It's been truly amazing and I'm so excited because again, that was what this whole podcast was about is being able to help you all progress and have success. And no matter if you're a, a first year rep, you're an associate sales rep, or you're an actually a full line rep, and maybe you've been in for a couple of years, how can we help you continue to prep, prepare, and have success? And so that's really what today is going to be about because I've been asked multiple times to give presentations or give, give a kind of a talk about how I took the lowest performing territory in the nation to top 10 when I was at Medtronic. And so I wanted to give you guys some of my tips. I wanted to go over the presentation that I had. I had, a, I think, six or seven points. Um, and so I just wanted to go over that today with you. Um, but real quick, who am I? Why should you even listen to me? Uh, so again, I'll give you guys my 30-second elevator pitch of who I am um, if you haven't seen me. My name is Jake McLaughlin. I was a personal trainer just under three years ago. Decided I wanted to break in with medical device sales. Got told I would never break in without the B2B sales experience. And I decided not to listen. Ended up getting four job offers with companies such as Stryker, J&J, Zimmer. Took a full line rep position with Medtronic. Then after that, I was able to go from the lowest performing territory to top 10, finished number eight. And then from there was headhunted. And now I'm a regional sales manager running the Western United States for Innovis Medical, which is a med tech startup. And so I cover the whole Western United States for them. Um, and again, if you guys don't know, usually it takes about seven to 10 years to be a regional manager. So I'm very blessed to have this opportunity to be with a, a med tech startup where we're working with the largest companies in the world um, and being able to sell a lot of really great products. So I'm just so thankful about that. And so again, that's a little bit of background. Also, if you don't know me, um, I've been able to help over 1,100 people to the day of this recording, uh, breaking into medical device sales with and without sales experience. We have new to medical device sales where most people know me from um, when I first started. And so again, we've been able to help so many people break in. Uh, we do have a course where our average person breaks in in under 10 weeks at over $91,000, um, which has been great again to the day of this recording. And so that's where a lot of people know me from. But again, I always am all about just wanting to continue to help you guys and to every single person who ever listens to me. I hope you guys know my goal for you is just to have as much success and keep crushing it. Again, I don't want anything from you. It's why I put all the free content out there. Um, yes, we do have a course for new to medical device sales. So if anyone's interested or reaches out to you, again, we only take as of the record, as of this recording, about five people. Um, we take five people, but again, we will be expanding that in the future because our average person we've gotten over 10 people in the last two months hired in under eight weeks. So it's not no longer taking even three months. We're getting them hired in under um, two months. And so it's been a lot of fun success. But I hope you guys just know, because a lot of times I'll have people reach out, oh, he does all this because of you know money or anything. The, the easiest thing I can say to you guys, it's why I do YouTube for free. It's TikToks, Instagrams. If you guys get on LinkedIn, I just put all this stuff out for free. Because again, you're talking to a guy who moved out here five years ago with $1,200 to my name. Six years ago, I had 66 bucks to my name. Um, was able to hustle, worked 100 hours a week to make $24,000 my first year. And then now being in med device sales, being a top 10 performer, financially changing my life and being able to just help others. That's what I want to do. Um, I'm a simple guy from Iowa. Being able to 
have fun and being able to help a lot of people. And that's all I'm here. So I hope you guys know, I don't want anything from you. I'm not trying to do anything on the side. It's just, I literally want to help you have success because I come from a place of abundance. I want you to win because I believe if you win, I win, I win, you win. You winning does not take away anything from me, which many people you will find in this industry thinks that. Um, and again, there's enough to go around. And so I'm just hoping to bless you all and just give you as much information that I can that can hopefully help you be successful. So um, wanting to go over today, turning a territory around. So like I said, I came in as a full line rep. Everyone, um, I've, I've said my story a couple of times, but when I came in, I came into the lowest performing territory in the nation. Um, it was during the heart of COVID. So I didn't even meet my manager for a year into the industry. So I was all by myself. I had my teammate, but my teammate was running. Um, so I had half of Arizona and New Mexico. He had the other half of Arizona and Vegas. Um, and so even though I had his help, which Alex, shout out to you, buddy. I uh, absolute best. He helped me so much. Um, it was also like he had to do his own stuff and he couldn't babysit. The funny part was, you know, day four on the job, hadn't gone to training, hadn't even got my car or any of my equipment. And I was in a surgery. Um, and so that's that's the thrown to the wolves, as many of you are probably experiencing right now. But that's why I always tell people, you think you're going to go get this crazy training. It's going to be amazing. And it's like, I didn't go to training for three weeks. And then again, it was all COVID. So it was a, a couple of weeks of Zooms. And then you're back to it. Really, besides Alex, I was pretty much lone wolf all by myself. Had to figure it out with the low performing territory. And so I just wanted to help you guys because this is what I did to literally take it lowest performing to number eight. Um, so this is the tips I can give to you. So if you are that rep or you're that associate working in a low performing territory, hopefully these are gonna be tips that can help you guys. And I just wanna, again, give you guys eight step or seven steps that I can help you crush it. It's actually eight steps now that I'm looking at it. Um, so yeah, going into it. Number one. So the first thing I did when I became the rep, uh, again, just so you know why it was the underperforming territory, um, the rep before me had not really been in the territory, then got pregnant. So it was out on leave and basically was non-existent for nine months, didn't show up to cases, people didn't feel supported. So I already walked into a territory that was not performing and they did not have a great taste of the last rep. So I already was basically, and I always say this, I was already starting a level down. Cause it wasn't even like it was a fair level playing because when I'd walk in and I tell them I worked for my company, they'd be like, Oh my gosh, I hate you guys. Or, Oh, you guys never show up. And so I had to go take the bad blood from the past rep, be able to handle that. And then also have them know who I was and then change that around over the time. So what I did to make sure I had success and I really focused on my first three to six months, not selling. I didn't know what I was doing. I was 24. I just had turned, uh, or actually my first month, I was 25 years old in med device. I, again, was 26 the, the month after. Um, and so again, 25 years old, just came in as a full line rep for the largest company of the underperforming with no help. Um, it was a learning experience for sure. And so I came in and what I did was I met with all my current customers. So, so many times people are going to be like, oh, I got into med device sales. Now I got to go crush it. Now I got to go get all these deals done. Now I got to go prospect. And the reality is you don't. You probably just need to meet the people that you're currently having. And we talk about this all the time in sales. A warm lead's way better than a cold lead. And what we mean by that is if you have a warm lead, aka you're already in business with them or they've already purchased from you or they used to back in the day, you just go back to them because a lot of times it was just the rep or somebody didn't do their job. And now you can go fix that compared to going and starting so brand new, going to someone 
trying to sell them and show them what your stuff is and they don't even know you. And again, a lot of times if you're brand new like I was, you don't have your talk tracks. You haven't gone through the experience. You haven't learned how to read the room. You haven't even learned how to shut up and not talk the whole time like I had to learn. I would just go in, go to training. Oh, we're amazing. And then just say everything to them. And I realized, why am I talking about, you know, cost savings when they're like, I don't pay for anything. I don't care about cost savings. I care about, you know, patient outcome. I care about that. You know what I mean? So that's where it's just like learning what's the point of the doctor, what they're looking for. And so what I did was I did not sell. I never went into my accounts in the first three to six months trying to be like, I'm this rep. I'm trying to sell you this. That was never my thing because that will leave a bad taste. Because again, that's like going out and I always bring up dating because dating is always the easiest. That's like going up to a random trying to make out with them and they don't even know your name. And they're going to be like, who the heck are you? It's going to leave a bad taste in their mouth. So don't do that. Don't try to sell. It's go talk to everyone. I made sure that I was talking to scrub techs, nurses, you know, OR directors, just janitors, anybody I could talk to, to just make relationships with. Because again, that's what this industry is all about. But again, I was focused about helping others and just trying to get those connections and learning because I knew it was going to help me in the long run. And I'm not trying to get anything from them. I'm just trying to introduce myself, learn about them, and then see the relationship we can build. Now, a second point I had on that is learn what the last rep did well and did not do well. So this was the saving grace to me is every new account, I would always sit down with, I was in GYN, so I had to go to the GYN coordinator and then I would sit them down and I said, hey, my name is Jacob. I'm the brand new rep. I'm so excited to be working with you and thank you for taking time to meet with me today. I just wanted to kind of ask you a couple questions just so I can make sure I have everything straight and that way I can make sure to deliver you the best service. And so then from there, I would just make sure to find out what the actual truth was because this happened where they're like, oh, this account's doing this much volume and this is your top doc and I show up there and they're not doing any volume and it's, it, that's what I was, they were just told what they were told and now it's a game of telephone and you find out the truth's not real, right? You have to go actually figure it out, talk to them. Hey, let me learn about your experience with our product who uses us, who doesn't use us. And then can you let me know what the last rep did really well that you enjoyed? They'll tell you, take notes. Then I would be like, okay, thank you so much. Can you let me know what they might've not done so well that you really didn't enjoy or you would like to see improved on from the next, from me, the next rep. And they would tell you exactly what they want. Take notes. Now you know exactly what they want and what not to do because they just told you know what not to do and they told you what to do. And now you know how to have success. And so that was a saving grace because I did that for every single one of my accounts, took the notes, and then I could go be successful. And then lastly, I was always there to show them, especially in the beginning, I was always there to show them, I'm there to be an asset to your team. I'm here to be valuable to your staff and to our surgeons and to get the best patient outcome that we possibly can. I'm not going to sit here and talk about money. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that you need more products because this is what everybody does wrong. When you're the new rep and you're trying to grow and you're underperforming, they expect you to grow and you need to make money. But guess what? You can't do that right away when they don't trust you. They don't know who you are. So what I said was for the next six months, I'm not going to try to sell. I'm just going to create relationships. I'm going to turn my territory around by doing what I say I'm going to do. And I'm going to continue to just grow inside my accounts that I currently have. I'm not going to even worry about trying to get new accounts. So that is what I would say. That's what you want to do. now. Number two, keep your word. My friends, if you do this, 
you will be one of the most successful reps in history. And why I can say that is because most people, I, I get this feedback all the time from OR nurses, uh, from the scrub techs. Most reps say they're going to do something and they don't. For example, I'll be at that surgery. Don't show up. Now the nurses and the scrub techs are left by themselves. Now they're getting yelled at by the doctor or the doctor's upset. And now it's a bad case. You're not in the room. And now they hate you and you're not even there. And then next time you're going to come in and be whistling and be like, what's up, crew? And they are just secretly talking crap about you because you're the person who doesn't care about them. You just show up when you want to. You're some big bad rep who makes all this money. And that is the conversation, as we all know, happens in the OR when you're not there. So most reps will do things or be at surgeries, but don't follow through and they won't be honest when they mess up. I've seen this so many times. I had to go through it. When I messed up, you want to know what the most not fun thing to do is? Admit that you messed up and then you get the butt whooping and the butt lashing and everyone's mad at you and you got to accept it because you messed up. But guess what? Great learning lessons. But what a lot of people try to do is they try to blame somebody in the staff, which then only makes that staff hate you. So that's what I would say. But then again, I see this. I'll drop off supplies. I'll run this tray. I'll bring this. And they never do. And that's why most people can't be successful. I got told this by one of my mentors. It was, if you can work hard, treat others better than they treat you, and do what you say you're going to do, you will be a very successful person no matter what industry you go into. So this just plays off that. So again, making sure that you are keeping your word when you are going to your accounts. When you say you're going to be at a surgery, be at a surgery. You need to make sure that you're always doing that because, again, you don't want to fall back into the trap of what everybody else is doing. If you say you're going to bring supplies, bring the supplies. It sounds so easy, but it's so hard for these people because welcome to most reps. Most people, and not just reps, but most people will overpromise and underdeliver. And my goal every single time in my whole life and anything I've ever done is I'm going to underpromise and overdeliver. And guess what? Some of my promises are pretty big, but I know that I'm going to underpromise it and I'm going to overdeliver because then I'm just building that trust and I'm making them want to grow that relationship with me. So again, just keeping your word. Number 3. Do the right thing. So again, going back to this, this is a great example, but never lie. If you don't know, say you don't know because I can promise you if you ever go to a surgeon, they ask you a question and you go um and then you just say something and you're talking to an expert who's done this for 15 years, they will literally cream you. They'll probably, like I've seen this happen. Thankfully, it wasn't with me, but I've heard about this happening. Is like people getting kicked out of ORs and the doctor being like, never come back to my OR because you over your confidence and your ego aren't going to go and tell me the truth. And now I'm going to do something that's going to affect and impact this person that is on the uh, table's life for the rest of their life because you might tell me something wrong because you don't really know it. You're going to just tell me what you think because of your ego. Instead of if you don't know something, say you don't know. And then second off, if you mess up, you always need to do the right thing. Like I said, even when it's not fun, I can literally tell you there was a time that I have, I put an example in here, one of my accounts, I was stressed. It was when I was in for over a year, we had got stuff going, but I was super stressed. I had my number one and number two accounts going, my number one doctor going, and then I had another doctor going. But the thing was, is the number one doctor needed me there. They always wanted me there. The number two uh, facility, they were always switching out staff, which we see all the time. So the people didn't know what they were doing. I walked in, the people that they usually had who were the rock stars, they put them in different rooms. So now I had all different people. The nurse that I had was freaking out. I was like, good Lord. And then I got caught and I didn't even know, you know, I went to somebody and I said something I shouldn't have said. 
of like basically the person in the room doesn't know what the bleep they're doing. Um, and it's going to be a challenging day um, is the summed up version of it. And luckily for me, that person that was running that room was literally two feet behind me and heard every word that I said. Um, great learning lesson for me. I left that feeling horrible. I emailed the OR director, let them know that I had made a comment that I should have never made. Their staff heard it, and I'm so sorry. Well, just to give you a little bit of background, I had just made a big sale into this this uh, place, and then they called me to meet with them and their contracting and the OR director. Here in my head, that was on a Thursday afternoon, so I had to wait all weekend to meet on with a Monday, and here I was like, oh my gosh, I lost the deal. They're going to kick me out, all this stuff, because there already had been some ups and downs in that account. And then come in, I apologized to the, the nurse. I went and found them before my meeting. I then let them all know on that. And the thing that happened was they're like, thank you for bringing this to our attention. We've never questioned who you are or your morals, but we just ask you that you apologize. And I said, of, of course, I, I totally understand. And I did apologize just so you know. And they were just like, thank you so much. Like that says a lot about who you are. Also, we'd like to buy $35,000 more worth of equipment. And so what I'm just saying to you guys is it always is going to pay to take the high road because even if that PO did not come, even if I did not make a dollar, it's not fair for me to be that jerk because I'm stressed out to say something that somebody should have never had to hear that I should have even never said and that they're now day, their days are going to be impacted on. So again, it's just always do the right thing. It's just welcome back to just being a good human being. And guess what? We're all going to mess up. If you've been in med device sales, there's going to be the stressful times. There's going to be people who treat you horrible and you don't want to be nice to. But the thing I can always just say is take the high road and always do the right thing. And when you mess up, own up to it. It's not fun. It's called being an adult. And sometimes it sucks. And guess what? The worst part is, is when you do mess up, you know you messed up. And then you got to go get the butt whooping or the, this, the yelling that gets told to you. And you don't want to go through it, but you do it because you know, and it's a learning lesson. Those suck. Been through plenty of them. But that's what I would just say because it's going to go a long way. All right. Number four. Not everyone is a customer. I had to learn this. So after my first six months, like I said, when I was done selling or done creating those relationships, then I was going to sell to other accounts and going into it. And just realizing not everyone's an actual customer because what happened to me was I had a facility down here south of me. They had 11 physicians that they were looking at taking on and they did a lot of procedures. And basically, if I would have got them, they would have got me into the major hospital my volume there would have exploded and then all their in-office cases would have been mine and it would have exploded also. Well, I showed up there for them to do quote unquote a free trial because I had reached back out to them after I had created the relationships and got my territory kind of running. And the thing that I found out was they're like, yeah, we just want to do this. Well, I went in, did some trials with them, found out they had old equipment from the last rep that they had been keeping. And then I would sit there for three hours a day helping with their cases, dropping, doing whatever I could. They would want more stuff and then they would complain. And then one day it just hit me. They're never going to buy. They're just using me because I'm the new young kid who doesn't know what they're doing. And they're just trying to get free surgeries, AKA not pay for any of the equipment because they're like, we're going to think about buying, but then they never were going to buy. And that's when it hit me. Not everyone's a customer. Not everyone's looking to buy. You need to figure out who's really serious. And let's just bring this back to dating. You know who do you know is serious? The people who actually respond back to you, the people who show interest to you, the people who actually make time and they're trying to make it a relationship, not a one-sided relationship, not me doing all the work so you can just profit off it. 
It's are we working together and negotiating together and working hard together to then create a relationship so it's a win-win. And that's what I'll tell you. Those accounts, you'll know when you have them. The other ones, sometimes you just got to cut them loose and like even like that. That was a major opportunity, but I realized it's never going to happen. It's the girl who strings you on that says you're a cute guy that, yeah, I would date you, but then dates every other person. And then you know all by yourself, right? That's what it is. So you just got to learn. Not everyone's a customer. Not everyone who looks at you because you're cute is wanting to date you. So you just have to go through that life uh, and get it. But again, hopefully you guys get some humor out of it. Because again, what I've just learned is dating usually, I can talk about business and some people are like, I just don't understand it. But I use an analogy that's dating and they're like, it makes perfect sense. So hopefully that's helpful. Number five, create urgency. So most accurate uh, things that I have. Sorry, I accidentally went to a wrong side. So most accurate accounts don't know what they they have a problem. And it's your job to show the importance of your product and what they need. Um, and so the reason I'm, I'm reading that is because I had an account that they, you'll learn these big hospitals don't really communicate well with each other. They don't really talk to each other. And what I had was my decision maker, my number one surgeon was the big person there. They had the old equipment, but the surgery center across the street had the good equipment, the new equipment. And so she would go to the new equipment and use it at the surgery center and then have to go to the hospital and they would use the old equipment and then she'd get pissed off because the things wouldn't go as well. And then they would be yelling. And so then I would go tell the hospital and the hospital budgeted for it. But then they said, they're just going to use the surgery centers. And I said, okay, we can do that. And they never did for eight weeks. And then I was always running around sweating. And one day I find I would always let them know every single time they didn't have it ran over. I would call the person who told me they weren't going to do it, who's uh, in purchasing. I was like, just so you know, I'm running and I pray to God that they have it sterile and no one else is using it because your team did not pick it up like you said they would. And so again, you guys can see where I created that urgency. And then after about the seventh or eighth time, I literally called him and I said, I'm done with this. I'm not running over. And the next time this happens, you will have the bad cases and I will let the surgeon come speak to you themselves. I'm done running around when you said that your staff can do this and it's been 0 for 8. I've had to do it and I've picked up your slack. So we are having a meeting this week. You need to call me back immediately and I am, otherwise I'm going to get the surgeon involved. Just so you guys know, I had a meeting three days later and closed a $41,000 deal. So that's a way to create urgency. You let people know, you give them their opportunity to give the chance, but then you create the urgency because you're letting them know that you're doing certain things. And again, they're never checking, they're never doing it. But what I can tell you is if my surgeon had to get involved, it would have got done even faster. But they have enough going on. I don't need to bug, bug my surgeon. And just so you know, all that went on without my surgeon knowing anything. They'd be kind of frustrated that some of the cases wouldn't go well. But again, I got there early enough that I'm sprinting over to the surgery center, running over, getting the scopes to sprint back and make sure they're sterile and every, I, again, there was just so much work involved. And so again, you can create the urgency. Number two on that point is talk to the right people. Again, I was talking to the people who were cutting the POs. So I was very hands-on with that and then bring the decision makers in. And so that's when I had to contemplate and tell them that I would be bringing in the largest person who does the most volume in their hospital and we can bring them in and we can get them. And if you don't want to do what they would like, they could probably go somewhere else and take their volume somewhere else too. So again, thankfully I never came to that, but just knowing that those are the people you need to understand who can make a big difference. Um, then close deals. And so what this means is people care who they are buying from. So I hear this all the time. Relationships don't matter. There's so much more than sales. Yeah, you're right. Not everything's a relationship sale, but people are, if you are an expert, and you know what you're talking about, you provide value, and you're just a good person that they like, I promise you, 
deals are going to go well for you. I hear this all the time. Jacob, relational selling's dead. <laughs> okay. Like, the people can tell me all that, but like, again, what about relational selling when you're an expert at also what you do? When you're really good, when you know every question that they're asking, and if you find out the questions, and when you know you've just put in the man hours and you've done the work, you've been in enough cases that you know what to do. That's the difference is most people will be like, they don't do the work. When you ask a question, they don't know the answer. And then they're just relying on the relationship. Yeah, that doesn't work. But when you work your butt off to become an expert in what you sell, you try to get in as many cases as possible. You're getting on calls with mentors. You're talking to other reps to learn as much as you can. When you don't know a question. You're reaching out and learning about it and learning that question. And so you know it for the next time and writing it down. And then you also know how to build the relationships. I promise you, deals will get done. You can do a great job. Most people are just too lazy to do that. Use that urgency and being kind to win. So what I would just say that is when you are a good person, there's been so many times where I would get calls at 6.45 in the morning. They're like, oh my gosh, we didn't have what we needed. Can you please run this? And if I couldn't, I couldn't. But there would be some days I'm like, I'm running 32 minutes to come drop it off. Hopefully I can make it in time. Would do that. They would, I would save their butt. But this is what I learned. Most people have a short-term memory. So you'll save their butt because they didn't do their job and you'll run their equipment. And then you'll ask for something three months later and they'll be like, no. But what I would always do is the moment that happened within that two, three hours, I would be like, hey, I need you to give me a quote for this. Or, hey, you guys told me you were going to order this. Can I get the PO for this today? That's how you can continue to close those deals because you're doing your work, but you need them to do their work. But again, more people are more willing to give you a PO or be more listening to what new product you're selling when you just save their butt because they messed up or they didn't do their job, right? Happens all the time. Again, going back to always following through. If you can just follow through, do what you say, excuse me, do what you say you're going to do and follow through on everything you say, I promise you, you'll close those deals. Because again, now they have a reason to trust you. And again, this won't happen in two, three, four, five months, but six months, 12 months, 18 months, Every single thing I did for the first six to 12 months, I always said, what am I doing today that's going to help my territory six to 12 months from now? You have that mindset, it really makes the change or makes you change how you act. That's the biggest thing is everybody's trying to get the win today, this week. How about if you try to get the win six months to two years from now? And even though I wasn't in my position for two years, I had the position or in my mindset, I was going to be there for five. So I was going to do something every single day to help that. Even if it's one or two things, what are you doing today? to help your territory. And lastly, this is going to get people, and I already know it because I hear it all the time, but this is a very important one for number eight or whatever number we're on. Work harder. Well, geez, Jake, thanks for that. No, it's like, it's the reality of the truth. Most people are lazy. That's why people who are, they don't win. Most people try to work smarter, not harder. But what if you worked harder and smarter. Then you just crush it. You will be the reason you are successful. Not your manager, not your territory, not your company, you. I put that in there because that year I finished number eight. Again, I told you guys I had no help. I was running two states by myself. I had not met my manager for a year. It was COVID. We went through back orders. I had money taken away from my stuff, from back orders and from accounts. And I could have sat there all day and had a million reasons why I can't perform, why I can't hit quota. I'm new. This is my first year, so I should get some slack. But instead, I just decided to suck it up, buttercup, work harder, and figure it out. And the last thing I'm going to finish on that is we're in medical device sales. There's a lot of people who don't like to see you win. 
there's a lot of people when you're the young buck that comes in and you work harder and then you're showing that they're not doing as well or they're lazy or you're hungry, they're going to put you down. They're going to talk crap. They're going to say negative things to you because they're intimidated and they are insecure because they're not doing it. I got this all the time. Easy young buck, easy young kid. Oh yeah. Who are you to tell anybody? You're only nine months in, but they couldn't see the urgency that I kept creating and I didn't care what they said. And it rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. And all I can say is yes, it can rub people the wrong way, but I still finished top 10 in my first year. That's all I'm going to say to you guys out there that are the young go-getter people, go crush it. Because yeah, there will be people that are two or three, four years in that don't like it because you're beating them and they've, they haven't worked half as hard. And now you're up for promotions before they are. There's going to be people who have been in for five, six, eight years that don't like to see it because you, they see how hard you work and that you probably could take their job in two years. There's going to be people that say you can't do something. And let me just say this, because we say it on our last podcast all the time. Eagles don't fly with pigeons. AKA, I don't listen to people that I'm not trying to be with. Because guess what? A di- there's a different mindset to the rep who's trying to make 150K a year and the person who's trying to make a million a year. There's a different mindset to all that. And so that's what I would just say. You, every, and I was, this was what I'll end it with, is most people will put their doubts onto you. Most people will tell you what you can't do because they can't do it. And I will tell you, just because they can't do it doesn't mean you can't do it. I got told a million times I never break in, did that. Got told I would never perform, did that. Got told I want to be able to go to a startup and be a regional manager with under two years of experience, did that. Got told I want to perform when I was at the MedTech uh, company, just made a sale to the largest company in the world. I think we're doing all right. If you just believe in yourself, don't listen to others who are losers who are going to try to tear you down. You believe in yourself and you keep going after and making the job and the life that you want, you will do great. And we only have 30 seconds left, so I'm going to hammer this home. You can be as good as you want to, so I hope this is helpful. Go turn the territory around. First year in medical device sales is here just to help you. We only want to help grow you. I want you to have success because, again, if you win, that wins for everybody. It's not coming from not winning. It's I want from abundance. I want to help you as much as I can. So if you can, press this like and subscribe button. Share this with people. A five-star review will help us grow this channel as it is brand new. And I appreciate you guys so much. Peace.